and welcome to uh, another episode of my uh, Untitled Podcast, um, where I typically so far I've sat down with uh, people that I know, friends, uh, acquaintances that have uh, done really interesting things in their own lives and uh, have been successful at it to, to varying degrees. Um, and I'm really privileged to have uh, the ladies from uh, Hip in Detroit with me tonight, uh, Christy and Sadie. Um, and we're going to kind of discuss how it all started and, and where it's going to go from here. So welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you for doing this. Hey. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah. I would be remiss uh, if I didn't also include Happy Holidays. Uh, I'm sure you're in the thick of uh, shopping and all that or Christmas wrapping. So I've been done for like at least three weeks. Oh. <laughs> and I won't set foot in a store because I think it's crazy. <laughs> but Christy, I'm going to guess, has some... No, you had your Christmas already, didn't you? I had one of them, yeah. But oh, I still okay. have one thing to buy the month. But one's not bad. Yeah. So I like my big one is done. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my boyfriend is legit on his way to a store to buy me something right now because he had a very awkward conversation with me on the way here. <laughs> was it probing questions of what you want? Yeah, he was like, where are you going? And he's like, the store. And I was like, oh, okay, so what is it? It's two more days. Yeah. He honestly usually buys stuff the day before, so this is pretty good for him. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I won't feel so bad because usually it seems like everyone is in, almost in your boat where they've uh, been done for a while and my wife and I just don't care we buy the things we want throughout the year and i think at this point it's just like if it's close to christmas you just kind of go you want that for christmas sure there you go totally. I'm, I'm buying it yeah. <laughs> totally. um, well, we have, like, i shop for like my nephew and uh, like, uh, you know like people like that but i do a lot of my shopping at like the detroit uh urban craft fair oh, that's and cool. like different events beforehand okay and like okay so i bought a gift for my nail girl for my hair girl a gift for my hair girl for my nail girl. Because <laughs> like my hair girl does all these body products now, and my nail girl does these, like, cool, or she does candles and scrubs and stuff. So I did a lot of that this year. I tried to support, like, little tiny local companies. And then except in... for, like, when people wanted, like, a paper shredder, and then I just ordered it off Amazon. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, you got to get your own uh, Amazon links uh, with your podcast since you got sponsorships. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but... I yeah, keep... I do shop through my own link. Is that sad? No, I, I mean, I mean, every other podcast I listen to, they're always like, "Well, I, I use my own thing for whatever the sponsor happens to be." I have a cousin that always remembers, but it's hard to get people to remember that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just uh, I'm trying to barter. Like, uh, I want to get a, a one of our local distilleries down here has amazing gin, so I want to get them to basically give me a bottle for free once a month or so. Ooh. Uh, yep. in exchange for like a free plug or something, but I don't know. That's that's a pipe dream. I don't really even want money or anything like that. I just want free alcohol. <laughs> Me too. We're um, on the same page. Uh, well, um, so let's hop into it. Uh, let's uh, let's discuss how how Hip in Detroit started. Um, I don't. I mean, I kind of vaguely know the the story, but uh, I'll get it straight from the source. How did how did the whole thing start? I'm gonna let Christy take. Why do you always let me take? Because it's it's it because it's Christy. Christy started it. Okay. Um. No, basically, we just were going to all of these cool events and doing cool stuff, and we wanted to start talking about it somewhere. It seemed like there wasn't anywhere five years ago to find out, you know, about all of the cool things that Detroit and the area had to offer. So. 
you know, we wanted to make a place that we could do that. So we just started off by just covering what we were going to already, and then we branched out, you know, and started looking at what our friends were doing, and then we met other people from there, and uh, now we know a lot of people. Now we know a lot of people. We know a lot of people. I mean, I think the, the point was is that there was a lot of things happening in Detroit five years ago, but literally nobody was talking about them. The narrative was still very much Detroit is a poor place for poor people with nothing going on. You know, if there's a sports event, there's something going on. That's about it. Right. But like, we knew that that wasn't true. We had always grown up in the music community, going to city hall shows and stuff. And, like, there was a lot of cool things going on. I just had to know how to find them. So I think it sort of started out just, like, let's tell people what's hip in Detroit, which is so, like, it's funny now because I always have to remind people that hipster was not a word. Five years ago, right? It was not a word. No, but not. It was like common. It was like an old iconic word that was used for like seventies stuff, or even like sixties. Like, and all of a sudden, it came to be like a very popular word. And it's funny to me now because I don't think I don't think we would have chose that name had we known the context. Right. I do love our name. but yeah, that was just it. That was as simply as that. And like we kicked off with literally, like she said, Solid Dude's Kitchen was doing a premiere of a video thing, and we covered that. And then the next day we covered something else. And then yeah, the next and then day we like, covered oh, something else. This show. We might as well talk about it. And a lot of, at first, it was a lot of just like filming things that were happening and putting them up for people to prove like, hey, life is happening. Right. And then at some point that got a little weird because how many times can you film the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> and it was so much work <laughs> honestly like, I was going to we say back in all of the things that we weren't getting to enjoy them anymore no. you know yeah but along, it did get a little weird for a minute there but yeah that's that's simply how it started it just seemed like a good idea me and Christy have known each other since we were 11 years old we've been best friends that was actually a question I was just going to ask is how long have you two actually known each other before, before we were 11 12 right yeah 7th grade or 8th grade over 20 years over 20 years at this point. So uh, Christy had the same bands on, right? Or was it Airwalks? Airwalks at the time. <laughs> and I said, I really like your shoes. Do you like music? <laughs> That's a logical question, line of questions. I mean, back in those days. Yeah, you know, back in those days. Who was yeah. into music, that was like gold because that I mean, was the reason our group of friends were friends and like junior high. That's literally how we met everybody. And that's literally to this day how we meet everybody. Well, it's funny. I, right before I called you two, I uh, was on the phone with like my best friend from back in high school, and uh, we met because we had oceanography class together, and we both were those assholes who would carry around like the three hundred case jewel case CD holder, and it was yeah. like we sat across from each other in, in like in the classroom, and I remember one day like he was like, "Can I look at your CDs?" I was like, "Yeah, if I can look at yours," and we had them like alphabetized the same way, and we had so many oh of the same God. CDs. It was like. Oh, you like Crossbreed? No one knows about that band because they're from a smaller band on a smaller label from Florida that got played on MTVX like once at like four o'clock in the morning. And he's like, "Oh, oh, you have this CD too? They're cool. Do you like Video Drone?" And I was like, "No." Like just shit like that where it's like you're like kind of like testing each other. Like, "Oh, do you like this kind of obscure band?" But no, that's less. Although when people try to do that to me as an adult now, I just sort of stare at them like, "I don't know. I listen to music." Yeah, like that's weird, it, it was different when we were kids. Well, now I, think, I hate when people ask me that question. What, what was oceanography class? 
I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Oceanography class was a, a class where we learned about the ocean and uh, oh various like sea creatures that lived in there and, and the formations of various uh, sediment life and all oh, of that. It was, it was basically a, an elective class that you pretty much fucked uh, off in. And, uh, okay, because I'm like, what the hell is this class and how did I not get to take it? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, the dude who taught it also taught photography. So, I mean, <laughs> it was like, cool. you, you can fill a room and have some kids in it. But uh, it was really cool. It was a lake choreography. Yeah, well, it's even weirder for me because I've, I've made the comment several times. Uh, I feel like people in, in Michigan got a different education, a basic education initially than I did because I grew up in Delaware. Uh, so a lot of... No, you didn't. Yeah, grew up in Dover, Delaware. That's where I was born. No, you and, uh, I have a very strong belief that Delaware does not exist. Oh, it exists. I've taken my wife, and she said it's pretty much a shithole other than the fact there's no sales tax on anything. <laughs> For my 33 years, I have said I don't know a single person from Delaware, and now I can't make that statement anymore. Nope, nope. Now, now you, you can't make that. my world off balance. But, uh, but no, I... Uh, I remember growing up, like, our history classes were, like, a lot more about the original 13 colonies and the Declaration of Independence and, and the original settlers and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like once I moved out here, it wasn't really discussed as much as... Nobody ever told me about that shit ever. <laughs> I, would, I would bet I could not name the 13 original colonies. Do you think you could? No way. No, no way. I mean, simple, simple hint. It's, it's... I was going to say, I'll give you a hint. It's basically all of the, the, the clusterfuck of uh, East Coast states uh, that are all packed together. It's, it's like those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. <laughs> it's funny how much uh, school doesn't really teach you anything <laughs> for your adult life. Like check, balance, balancing a checkbook. What was that? Oh. <laughs> Well, I mean, you. I'm very aware of uh, what happens when you two get together. I've uh, hung out with you a few different times, and at shows and whatnot out your way. Plus, uh, listening to your podcast, I definitely get a lot more of uh, a sense of who you two are when you get together. We're just stupid all the time. I think anybody who, I think anybody who spends 20 years with somebody, eventually you just revert to not even having to say anything. You can probably shoot each other a look and just start laughing and know exactly what the other person is thinking. Yeah, that is a very true statement. <laughs> um, so you kind of talked a little bit about the early years of uh, how you were kind of. It was. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Hip in Detroit more a blog, not so much? Uh, and I'm not saying it's not a blog now, but I think with social media changing over the years, it's kind of you also have changed what Hip in Detroit is to to your area. Yeah, it definitely changed. Yeah, we're definitely way more active on social media now than we were. Yeah. And instead of videos and pictures on the blog as much, we just do that on our Instagram. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're right. We do, and we do a lot less recaps of stuff and more right. reviews, more ticket giveaways, more reviews of, like, restaurants and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just, again, like the city's changed so much and what people are interested in has changed so much. Like uh, another example is when we started, there was not really an art community in Detroit, which at this point kind of seems crazy to say because we have so many galleries, 
and you know so many people like with murals in the market coming here and putting a mural up and just the art community has taken over but five years ago that was like you know maybe your friend would have an art show yeah like in here right. like the art community but not really anywhere else so yeah, I think it's just kind of changed as what we've been covering more sort of like naturally it wasn't there wasn't a thought process there Right, just kind of... Always ask, like, what do you cover? I cover what I'm interested in. If I'm interested in it, we're going to talk about it. If we're not interested in it, we just don't talk about it. We've never been into bashing stuff because, I don't know, everybody else does that, and that's just kind of boring. Yeah. yeah. I do. It does seem that there's been a, a, a general... Uh, man, I had the word and totally lost it. A general, like... Uh, disdain for like kind of just publicly bashing something because you don't like it uh short of it being kanye west which people will just offer their opinion unsolicited about that we're supposed to be at the kanye west concert tonight oh my I know, god i know i know yep i i Ooh, thought of that earlier today uh my wife and i were gonna go again yeah it's it was... like every time too and i went to the first show with a different friend and booked the second show with christy yeah, and then she didn't get to see him. I'm a horrible person. No, well, at least He's you got a to. Horrible person. Why am I blaming myself? Yeah, for his I, I wasn't gonna say that, but I was I gonna say. I would have been there. I only bought one shirt the last round because the plan was to buy the second shirt at the next show. Yeah, and now I can never buy the shirt, so I'll never have a T-shirt with Donda West badly spray painted on it. Right, and that's what to deal with. Yeah. another sweet thing for 2016 <laughs> I <laughs> yeah when I went to the show after we saw because we got like front well where a normal stage setup would be for an arena like we had like front row like right off the floor and right. it was amazing and we got so you could see it sideways instead of being like head on with it which I feel like would be kind of a shittier view but uh it was a great show and I spent the $90 on a hoodie and laughed about it because it's funny to for as minimal stuff was on it as a screen printing person myself like it's not I mean it's the worst screen printing I've ever seen yeah it's not life. it's not good and, and... anything but tour yeah tour yeah well actually I don't know about your date in Detroit I assume it was the same but they just had specific date tour merch and I was like boy that's a really big uh you're really ballsy because like if you don't have any like if it doesn't sell out then you're just stuck with all this shit it's like such an like march 22nd grand rapids michigan yeah yeah i thought that was weird i kind of wanted to get one but i was like that's too no, that's too specific for me yeah the hoodie just says saint pablo on the sleeve tour on the back and like the the weird logo yeah. thing for the tour like on the left chest yeah, that's what's awesome is I spent $60 on a long sleeve shirt. You spent $90 on a hoodie. They're trash. I love it. Yeah. We were calling it shitty fancy. Yeah. We made up a word that night. We said we had to get our shitty fancy gear. And yep. then, like, the drinks we were drinking were really expensive, but they tasted like shit. So we were calling them <laughs> shitty fancy drinks. <laughs> Very great night. I mean, I had a great time. I like, like my wife and I said after the show, not a single person left for the entire two hours almost that he played. And it's like, name me another show where that happens. Like, I can't think of one. And then on oh, top, yeah, nobody was leaving. People didn't want to leave after they off the stage. Yeah, I know. And then I thought the other weird part too was that, uh, and I don't know about you out there, but or in general, because I know you've seen Kanye a lot more. But 
I had people who were like, oh, I heard you went to that Kanye show last night. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how was it? And before I could even answer, it was like, well, I think he fucking sucks and he's terrible and I think he's a shitty person and his music's terrible. And I was like, why did you ask me then? You didn't even let me... You didn't let me offer my oh, take on anything. excited for me. See, Kanye, to this day, is still one of the best shows. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, by far. Ever. I mean, the one, the one time we went, it was horrible. But, like, other than that, you know who else was really awesome live, surprisingly? Boys to Men. Oh, my God. I oh, I wanted to see them, them so bad yeah, when they just came Bones through. Bones Harmony last night was magical, but Snoop Dogg was kind of shitty. Yeah. And I was what like, I heard. That's what I heard a couple years ago when they did that weird... Festival yeah. before they started Mopop. Yeah. Oh, the Up and yeah. Smoke tour. And it was like in this flooded field in Detroit, and I walked out as it. They were like, boom, 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 and I was oh like, my God. Oh 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 my God. Oh, oh man, I would have died. I know. I was like, ooh, how many people actually know it past past the first verse? <laughs> I do. I actually listen to the gym a lot. That's a good song. It still is still great. Um, so speaking, actually, you mentioned Joe. Um, kind of wanted to talk to you too about uh, how important it's been for you you both to work with uh, other local artists and and bands and venues and such. Uh, um, I know at least eighty. Like you've known Joe for a long time, it seems. At least since I've known you and him uh, for the last probably seven years or so. Um, but I would assume you guys met him through doing like band photography. Uh, were you guys able to use any of like his photos for some of the stuff you were doing at back then? Yeah, we all actually know Joe from uh, BMX days. Christy was really good friends with all the. BMX kids and the Team Young kids and stuff, and I don't know, just like partying around town. He wasn't even really a photographer back then. Yeah, I, I met him through a friend, Rusty, that rode with him, and then um, he started doing their BMX videos all the time, and that's when I first like started going to school for video and TV, so I started talking to him about that. And then, really... It, I feel like we became better friends with him once we had him shoot at least his wife. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that definitely was. And I had him do a calendar of me years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I actually didn't like Joe. We <laughs> 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 were friends with my friend Angie, and she was my best friend. And he'd come around all the time, and he's really crazy. And I was always like, who's this crazy kid that you have around all the time? And she's like, no, he's cool. <laughs> and then um, I'm a huge photography nerd, so when he got into it that was sort of like you know i was like "Ooh, i like what you're doing and well we would just kind of play around and then yeah i mean you know we, i was always at shows he was always at shows he obviously got his start shooting my photography that was like his passion and then that just sort of changed and expanded again as the city of detroit changed he was one of the first people that got out there and did the whole urban exploring thing in detroit not anywhere but in detroit and, you know, obviously that's kind of worked out really well for him. I mean, just think about it. <laughs> five years, though. He went from, like, doing, like, the booty hopping photos and his party photos all the time. I was going to say, what was it? The camera? The party camera? or the? Yeah, like the party yeah, yeah, camera. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to think of what it was. And then, then, you know, more and more bands, it seemed like, like yeah. and the bigger shows. And then, yeah, he started doing the urban exploring thing. And now he shoots cameras for Adidas. 
But yeah. I mean, as, far, as far as for him in Detroit, I mean, we wouldn't have a single photo to use for press or our website if it wasn't for Joe Golf. Hopefully, um, once we got closer with him and if we were at the same shows as him, if he was taking photos, we're like, I mean, we're, neither of us are photographers. It's not going to compare. So Sadie would ask him, hey, can we just... I just show me a photo tomorrow so that I can post about this instead of me taking a photo. And obviously he was happy to do it because it was extra press for him and vice versa. And he's going to get the better shot. So. <laughs> Like, you know, with our shitty camera right next to him, and, like, even if he was using our shitty camera, it would be a million times better. Right. <laughs> at first, that he would take me into photo pits and teach me how to do things, too, because yeah, he was better at it. Yeah. yeah, so that was cool, too. So, I mean, he's definitely been vital to us being able to do this, but so is everybody, like... Uh, all of our graphics and stuff for the last years. So you mentioned that when we started, there used to be three people. Um, Becca used to be the third person that was part of Hip in Detroit, and her background was in, like, design and graphic stuff. So when we first started, it was, like, as DIY as you could fucking be as far as, like, creating a poster or creating a graphic or creating that kind of stuff. And then as we grew and Becca moved down from stuff, like, uh, Monster Free Design, a good friend of mine, reached out, and she believes in what we do and supports us. And so the way that she supports Hip in Detroit is, by making like our amazing website now, which is like all hand drawn and our flyer that we just released for our five year and all of our podcast flyers, which I'm pretty sure she didn't realize how intensive that was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I truly am sorry for that. But like, um, if you in Detroit didn't have the support of the people in Detroit, it couldn't exist because it is just something that me and Chrissy do because we're passionate about it. And, you know, we do have, you know, 40 to 60 hour a week jobs where we pay our bills with. So if we didn't have the community helping us with whether, you know, whether it's giving us the interview, getting us into the show, right, like giving the tickets to get away with. If it wasn't for Ramona and Sarah with Black Iris, we would have been screwed too because at the beginning they were like letting us come in whatever we wanted to as long as we were covering it for yep. them, you right. know? Like, so... You know, and getting us access to stuff, and yeah, you know, and legitimizing like, stuff. Yeah, we got the bands too, like bigger bands when they were coming through town, and yeah, and helping us with press contacts when we needed to get on stuff, whatever it was. Like it's just it's been like a journey that, and I always say this to people, I'm like, yeah, I mean, because we do the legwork. I mean, we are in Detroit, we whatever that means, right? But like it really is everybody, right? It's more of a, a collective, I guess. I mean, it's a community. Detroit is a community, and Detroit's always had a really interesting music community. Uh, when we were kids, those people are our, our family. And, like, I felt like that was getting, you know, social media wasn't as big five years ago either. I mean, no, everybody true. didn't have a smartphone in the way that they do now. No. So, I mean, it was a, a way we felt was necessary to connect a community that was, you know, changing. Um, you had just mentioned uh christy you just mentioned ramona and uh black iris and, and whatnot um something i kind of want to talk to you two about is the fact that uh that's one of the bigger you know booking uh aid like not agency uh booking and promotion companies in your area um and especially now with uh they mainly do stuff at l club now right if i'm not mistaken everywhere they're back at the magic stick they're doing loving touch i mean she's literally got shows everywhere okay yeah I think maybe it's just those are the ones I keep seeing pop up is all the stuff from Elk Club. And, yeah, Elk uh, Club's yeah, the place these days. Yeah, it seems like. Um, but what I was going to say was uh, 
it's at least I'll say for our my scene here kind of branching between Grand Rapids I lived in Kalamazoo for a while and I also lived in Lansing for a hot minute you don't typically see a lot of women actively involved in in the music scene uh, be it you know being in bands booking bands going to shows you know any of that kind of stuff um, what what has it been like for you all to kind of grow up doing that together and being supportive uh i don't even know if i'm asking that correctly uh the way i want to but um i mean i have a really hard time exploring this question because i know i do a story like in the last year about the females of detroit the booking companies of detroit and that kind of thing and i kind of tried to ask virginia who you know got her start out in portland and you know worked in la in different points and you know, um, Melody, we kind of talked to her about what she's done and they answered the questions and I couldn't figure out how to put the story together because the reality is is Detroit is different than other places. It is very female driven, but I can't figure out why other than as sad as this is like, I mean, I could go into so many levels of crazy feminism right here, but like, uh, you know, women are only as good as the men that support them. And for better or for worse, I think there's a very interesting community of men who were willing to support women in a way that maybe doesn't happen in other places. Do you? And then almost like the ones that, if most of the men around here do support women, but the ones that don't just made you want to no. show them even more. I mean, obviously, I'll be you that know. person my entire life, but I just think there was a lot of guys here that were willing to be like, this is a valid person who knows what she's talking about and, you know, is an asset to our community and helped legitimize you to somebody who might not see it that way. Plus, I think it helps, too, that, like, most of us girls that are doing stuff in the music scene around here, these guys have seen us at their shows forever. We, for the most part, weren't girls there because we were dating someone in the band. It's because we've been going to shows for 20 years. We were in the match pit with the guys. We were, you know, we were up there <laughs> screaming out lyrics with everyone, you know? Right. And it was like we were just well, like... We started booking shows when we were 18 years old, right. 17 years old. I mean, we were, you know, putting together little things at Alvin's and different stuff. When we were, I mean, and Ramona helped us book our first show at Alvin's when we were very, very young. I mean, when I was in college. Oh, and we would do stupid things. Like, there was such a powerful female community that there was all these great designers that were women that we knew about. And we merged together the idea of having these crazy hardcore bands play, and then a bunch of beautiful girls walk around in spandex in between. Let me think what sells out a venue better than that. Literally nothing. <laughs> I like, can't think of very I many think, other things. <laughs> I think there's a lot of really powerful women in this city that people chose to empower instead of try to push down. And when people do try to push you down, there's just so many other people that are like, nah, that's not going to happen. Right. How yeah. much of it, though, as well, I mean, you, I'm kind of shocked, actually, to hear that you say, and maybe this is uh, how society, I guess, has kind of conditioned me to think this way, but um, I'm surprised that you kind of said that it's that you have strong men behind you. I almost would have thought maybe it would be more to the fact of not having women that are like kind of putting everyone else down, but actually building that up as well. No, because those still exist too. I mean, there are a lot of, I remember one of the most profound moments in my life was, you know, maybe in the first two years that we were doing the website, I walked out from backstage from a show and a girl that I knew looked at me and was like, 
oh, if it was any other girl coming from backstage, I would think they were fucking the band. But because it was you, I know you were probably doing an interview. And I just looked at this person and was like, that's how you think about other women? Like, think about what you just said to me. Like, you should never assume that. What if I'm in the band? What if I own this place? Like, you know, so it's not it's not that those things don't exist. I think it's just that they're not tolerated. And I think when they come up, you know, like, people are shut down. I don't know. And the reason I say you need men to empower you is because sometimes, you know, in this world, that's unfortunately sometimes how you get taken seriously. Do I think that's right? No. Do I play by those rules? No. But the reality is, is that I don't think if some people in this city would have said Christy and Sadie are cool, give them a second that people would have given us a second because they do assume we're just trying to fuck a band, not anymore, but at the beginning, or, you know, why would a girl be interested in heavy, crazy, screamy music? Not because they obviously like music. There must be some other motive there. (laughs) Yeah. Like, honestly, especially like at the beginning there, like it it was all about who we knew at the beginning. It's always about who we knew anyway. Yeah. Like, Think about it. If it wasn't for like all the, you know, like Brian B's and stuff like that, you know, nobody would have taken this seriously, or nobody would have even cared, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Ray Navarro was a huge one. We didn't really know him. We had been going to music machine shows for years, and we knew of him, and he knew of us. But it's like, especially like at the Topher House, when like Ray Jenker would play there and stuff, and he like made sure to let people know that we were cool. You know, no, like while in the streets when he was going to yeah. put us on a huge giant event like that and give us a table to reach out and talk to people and give us access to interview all the bands. Yeah, you know, cool. that's the kind of stuff that it's like that's a different like level. Here. And it's things that you can't get access to unless somebody helps you. People used to say all the time, like, I don't understand how you get to interview that band. And it's like, well, I knew this person who knew this person. I mean, talked to this person. You just, like, straight up fucking stopped and reached out to their publicity <laughs> people, like, the Hives. Like, that one, remember Rich from the season, she's like, how the fuck did you guys get into the Hives and get to meet them? Because, like, he <laughs> had broke playing with them before, and he couldn't even, like, right. talk to them while they were in town. So right. that, that was yeah. kind of a You know, that kind of stuff is fun. I mean, it, it's also just fun sometimes, but... I don't, I can't pinpoint why Detroit is so female, but it is. And I think it's really amazing. And according to the women who book nationally, it is definitely not like that other places. It's kind of funny. I feel like there's actually a lot of the people I know. I mean, I know my fair share of people who are in touring bands and tour managers and so on and so forth through just going to shows, booking shows and all that myself. But I, it's kind of weird. I feel like there's actually kind of a, a changing of the guard of sorts. Like I'm starting to notice more women uh, in some of these higher up roles, and more I to the, them. I was gonna say more to the fact. It seems like it's almost like dudes would rather be like, I don't want another smelly dude who's like whatever. Like it kind of keeps me on like my best behavior because I'm not gonna be like, oh, I want this. You know, I, it's a woman here like sharing space with us. We should probably be a little bit nicer and maybe not you know be so dirty and fucking <laughs> just shitty dudes in a, on a tour but uh it is kind of nice to see that you know it's it, at least it seems like it there's a start starting to change uh it, within the music industry itself that there are starting to be more women doing more stuff um within the scene you know up on the higher ups and so forth so maybe think, maybe detroit is going to be the, the catalyst that are like doing bigger things we all definitely like support each other yeah you know right? Virginia, <laughs> Virginia, 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 
and we, and we kind of weed out the ones that. Yeah, they always fade away really fast. I will find there was recently somebody who posted online. I thought it was really funny that they were going to do a better job at bringing shows to Detroit. And I love when I see things like that because it's just like when somebody tells me they're booking a show and I say, have fun with that. And then, you know, three days before the show, they're like, well, how do you do this? And what's this? And, you know, just whatever it is. You're like, what's the deal that you cut with the venue? How do you, you know, what yeah. do you call it? Act like a stage or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah back yeah. on the stage. Like the whole thing and you just laugh and it's just like, yeah, but you're going to do a better job at it. Like, it, it's one of those things that you kind of need to know what you're well, doing. That's why we only book one, maybe two shows a year because that, that's not our thing. Yeah, and it's yeah. a lot of work. It's, it's hard. It's a lot of work. It's a fucking work. <laughs> the right it is. I want people to actually show up. Yeah. No, it's funny. I uh, The whole reason I actually got involved more in the facet of booking at legit venues was uh, booking Chad and the Wilson dudes in my basement uh, many years ago. And Chad, I remember, just pulls me aside when I'm actually paying paying them out, like, what they were asking for. And he just goes, why don't you do this, like, in a legit place? And I was like, I don't know how. Like, I don't know how to contact somebody and, and do it. And he goes, you well, just, fuck, he goes, you just fucking did it. He goes, like, this this house show is ran more efficiently than some venue shows I've, I've booked and have been to. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know who to contact. And he goes, next show you want to do, let me know. I'll get you involved. Like, let me know where you want it here in town, and, and I'll pull some strings and get you in there. Sure as shit, man. It was weird. He fucking did it and got me in the pyramid scheme. It was like when they had just opened their first year and almost sold out my uh, first legit show. I was like, I think about 60, 70 people away from a 400 cap sellout. So, oh, that, that, that's awesome. But I had a different experience with Chad. Last time we had an in depth conversation about shaving our buttholes. <laughs> shaving them to bleach them or just shaving them? Too. <laughs> it's always one for a great story where you're just like, how do we? How is this what we're talking about right now? But we had a very in-depth conversation about that last night. Ted doesn't believe he could actually shave his butthole, but it's not dangerous, Christy. Sometimes you just got to get back there. What's interesting though is that Chad's probably one of the hairiest humans I've ever met personally, and that's what I was saying. He was like, logistically, I don't know how I would actually get the whole thing shaved and clean. And we were talking about positions, and it was very, very intense night. I feel like either this is where you just need to pony up some bucks and have someone do it and wax that shit, or you ask that's a really close saying, friend. When I said that waxing, you have to grow back out, so then you have butt stubble, and that's not sexy. Nobody wants in your butt stubble. Oh, I bet that would itch like a motherfucker. I can only imagine. I don't know. Ugh. But it was, it was a very, that was that was what I did on my Wednesday night. What did you guys do? Wednesday. <laughs> I was going to say, I went to the strip club with my wife, but that was Tuesday. Oh. And I got so way bombed. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my, that was our uh, friend's th- uh, Thanksgiving, Jesus Christ. My friend's uh, Christmas with a friend that uh, was going to Missouri for with his wife uh, for their Christmas, family Christmas. And we went to... A nice place and had nice cocktails and nice food and then went to a dive bar and then decided that it was a great idea to go back to our place and grab one more drink, grab an Uber and go to the strip club, which mind you, here in Grand Rapids, you can't actually strip. So it's like a bikini bar. So, no, can't, no nudity. And how come if they're completely nude, you can't serve food? But if they have panties on, you can serve food. Nobody wants that crotch juice on your sandwich. No, crotch juice is going to get by your sandwich. I don't understand how that's the rule. 
Uh, as someone who worked at, I worked at the Deja Vu in Kalamazoo when I had turned 18, and uh, I never really understood the logic either, and I was like, first of all, I don't think I'd want any naked people around my food. <laughs> and secondly, as after having worked in the food industry for a while as well, I also don't understand how that even is applicable, because I think the rule is like it has to be like 10 or 15 feet away from like anywhere where the dancing is going on, which still doesn't seem like far enough away. I mean, fucking people don't know how to use the sneeze guards. They put their goddamn heads under there anyway, and it's like that's not that's designed to keep you out of there. People do that recently, like the sneeze guards, like under the sneeze guard to get something. I'm like that's there so you don't breathe or sneeze on it. You're not supposed to go under that. Like what's the sneeze guard? Like there was like a open guard. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the fact that you're remotely putting a naked body. And whatever. I mean, I keep seeing those commercials for. Uh... Oh, God, I don't think it's weird. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say those. Uh... You don't sneeze on the food. Why do you sneeze there? Sure, <laughs> I've always been under. Oh my God, you're one of those people. You go under it. Sneezing or coughing on the food to protect it. Oh, well, they need to have like an extension for short people because I breathe all over that food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Good job. laughs> Uh-huh. Ugh, I can just imagine some topless girl like accidentally getting a boob like in the like macaroni salad or something. I would have no problem with that. You're that you're sounding like a great night for me. <laughs> Actually, well, that'd probably be some weird thing they do afterward where like somebody pays extra money to lick it off or whatever. Ugh. That's exactly what I'm imagining is myself throwing dollars at that. <sighs> I was at they were you could order pizzas there. Uh-huh. Really? The only time I ever went do to the, the does the pepperoni come, come on the nipples or in my board, we went to Deja Vu too. Uh, and I went to a couple. Because um, we went to one, and then we went to another one that was full naked. <laughs> uh, the one before that was one that he used to manage or something. And, like, yeah. and they gave us a booth and just kept bringing us booth. It was awesome. It sounds awesome. But then, like, these strokes kept coming out. Yeah. It was when Wilson played with Bam. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and saw him in, the next night in Toledo. Yeah. Yeah, a buddy of mine was tour managing that, so we went to Peoria to go see it, and it was basically like a shitty dive. Have you been to the? Well, yeah, they were, we were at the Brass Rail, I believe, is what it was called. And God, that was just such a shit show of a show. Yeah, I had a great time. I mean, yeah, no, I had a good time, but I mean, the show itself was like Wilson was like a legit good band, and then it's like you have this like. It sucks because yeah, everyone that's in the band. It was funny to see a, the other band follow up Wilson because Wilson did play much better than they did. But the thing is, is everyone that's in Bam Margera's band is actually a professional touring musician and has been playing for at least a decade plus. So it's like there should be no, no, it shouldn't be that shitty and sloppy. It should be at least tight musically. Right. But. Yeah, he had a weird, like, ripped up hoodie on and it looked like he had, like, baby powder in his hair. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the funny. Bam Margera, what was it? It was like, what was the name of his band? Fuckface Unstoppable. Oh yeah, Fuckface Unstoppable. That's right. And the funniest part though is the buddy of mine that was tour managing it is Straight Edge, and then apparently as I just had him on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he told me that he had been in a band, like he quit high school to pursue his passion for music, and ended up uh, starting a band, got signed to a smaller label over the years, and so forth. And then the the band just wasn't making any money, and it was kind of at the point where it's like, all right, let's call it a day. He started the BAM tour, I think it started in Canada. He caught a red eye back to New York to play his band's last show, 
and then got back onto the tour when it was in like New York or somewhere. But he was like, I slagged it out for like 10 years in a band making no fucking money and just like, you know, trying to pursue a, a dream only to like be handed this opportunity to start tour managing and make real money for the first time within the music industry. And like, I haven't gone back since, but it's funny that that's the, that tour is the one that started it for him considering like the tie, considering it ties into like, you know, our mutual friends of ours. That's interesting. It's. Some well, of the, he, he's straight edge and he was like on that bus. <laughs> yeah. He told me some interesting stories. He was like, oh, one time Bam came to me. He's like, I want that new Him album. I don't know how to get it. Can you download it for me? I was like, really? Like, first world fucking problems. Why would I worry himself with something like that? I'd be exactly the same if I had money. I already have a person for everything, so my crew would just get bigger. Well, I think it was more to the fact that he, like, legitimately didn't know, like, where to go to get it. Like, he just didn't know. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> You brainstorming like different topics to talk about and stuff like that but after listening to your guys' <laughs> podcast off and like since you guys have started your podcast i was like inevitably i think i'm gonna try to like i'll try to talk about something and then we'll end up on some weird tangent like shaving your asshole <laughs> and uh i gotta say i'm glad that i while i have some notes of things in case we like hit a blank spot i'm glad that we're able to just to be like hairy assholes let's talk about them that why are they a thing <laughs> Nothing nothing makes me more upset than when I see a woman with better facial hair than I can grow. It's disgusting. All women should wear their mustaches. And I like want to walk up to people and like tell them, but you can't you can't. Before, it doesn't go well. Maybe maybe um, that's your new business venture. Just make some business cards that say like <laughs> shave that shit. I like to wax my mustache and I like to Snapchat to people when I'm pulling off the wax just to be like, this is real life. Why? This is what real life is like. Why am I not following you on Snapchat? That's right. There you go. And then he's like, please stop sending me these. <laughs> Typically, it seems like everyone I follow from Detroit is usually at the strip club with Joe and Chad. And I'm always like, I thought you couldn't have phones in the strip club. Well, you just have to know where to hold them. <laughs> I guess. I talked them there recently, too. But I was pretending like I was filming my friend Jenica, uh, and I really just zoomed in on the stripper behind her. And so that, <laughs> that's, like, usually how we do it, is we pretend we're filming each other. Uh, it's very clear that we are not filming each other, but they leave us alone. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I was actually messaging Chad while we were at the strip club, and the guy was like, hey, I saw the zoo, or I saw the flash on that, I was like, you mean my screen lighting up because a friend texted me? <laughs> He's like, oh, well, you took a photo, yeah. and I was like, nah. yeah, I think they probably treat you differently than they treat girls, too. Yeah, probably. The funny thing was, though, is I was more, like, right next to my wife and wasn't even looking at anybody, so I was like, why would I take a photo when clearly, like, I'm looking down the whole time? Like, but whatever. 
It's yeah, I agree. There's different standards. I've definitely have noticed uh, from either a working at a strip club or being there with them uh, as a man and with women, they treat you a lot different. Although I tried to get into a strip club with a group of only girls, and they wouldn't let us in because they didn't want to have too many women per duration strippers in the bar. Yeah, they said we needed to have some more guys with us if we wanted to come in. So that was interesting because if we were a bunch of lesbians, we would be paying customers, and yeah. Would it matter? Yeah, I remember we. I had one lady. We were holding. <laughs> so stupid to say. We were holding a melon fest because Deja Vu has like a big annual competition every year between all the clubs, and uh, we were hosting the last night of it. And it's like pole trick queen whatever. It's like a bunch of different stuff. And I remember there was a huge line, and this lady comes up to me, and just pulls out her gross boobs and just gave me like flash a jack-o'-lantern smile at me and was like can i get in for free with these and i was like no i think i might charge you more actually <laughs> Damn. it was just more than it was more just the the horrible i'm actually thinking about the horrible teeth and like the teeth missing in her mouth yeah, i was just like Ugh. Hard to sometimes but um <laughs> speaking of uh i don't know what now but um, you have already mentioned a couple of times your uh, five-year anniversary coming up. Uh, what do you what do you have planned for it, and uh, what can people expect when they come out for the the show? I don't know, man. I can't believe we're at five years. Like that's the first. I'm like having a hard time dealing with that already. Um, I, we like Christy mentioned earlier. We really only book a show or two a year. Usually, it's just our anniversary show. But a couple other specials. Yeah, like we did a couple unplugged over the years, and like we did a DIY fest where it was my birthday with Tune Day at one point. Yes. Um, you know, we just once a year we try to get everybody together. We reach out to all the companies that we work with and write about throughout the year, and we see what they have. And they donate a lot of stuff, and we run around the city, which we're in the week where we kind of run around and collect stuff. So, like, I had to pull some funny stuff yesterday. Uh, Allie and I was going from the Eastern Market where they were selling some stuff over to the Snoop Dogg show. Uh-huh. And I needed to go to a show at UFO, but I needed to meet up with her first to get some donations. So I had her drop me a pin where she was in the city. And I literally rolled up next to her car. She gave me two glasses. I like put my like, you know, hazard lights on, which in case you're wondering, Detroit is not plowed at all. So it's very not hard surprised. to drive around any non made streets. And she just, like, threw in the car, and she laughed because this is not the first time we've done this. We did that for the four-year, too. Like, (laughs) people are super supportive. A lot of people – I work for a company called Blooms, and so one of the cool things they do is not only do they donate, but they let me have people drop stuff off. So every day when I went into work over the last few weeks, there's been people like Bee Nectar dropped off a bag – uh, Lee came by and dropped off all those Illich's records and yeah. stickers and yeah and like so it's just it's it's fun so we collect all this stuff and we put it together and we make prize packs and then we don't bullshit with people like this isn't a money grab for me and Christy it's more of a fun thing right. we just pay the band. we just want to throw a party <laughs> yeah we just want to throw a party so everybody who pays eight bucks to come to this show gets a ticket you can't buy more tickets. You can't cheat. Everybody gets one ticket. And in between each of the bands that we have play, we pick like, you know, anywhere between five and seven winners. And those people get to pick out whatever they want. That's awesome. So it's cool because there's a really cool motive to come early because the earlier you're there, 
Uh, the less people that will be there, the less tickets in the bucket, the likelier chance you have to win and to get the first choice. Right. So we were talking about this on our podcast. The past two years, the number one prize has been uh, a Joe Gall print. Oh, he wow. printed a really cool canvas. And the only reason I find that funny is because every other prize pack has 20 things in it. It has stickers, has pins, has gift cards, has T-shirts. Right. And Joe's the only thing that we keep separate, and it always is the first thing to go. <laughs> so I'm going to share sometime over the next week. I, you know, once we sit down and start putting stuff together, we'll put pictures up. So it's kind of a fun event because it really is a party. If you like music, we have a really great lineup this year. We've announced four of the bands so far. Um, and every year we like try and pick bands that stood out to us over the last year, but then for our five year, we wanted to also bring back a couple of our favorites. So uh, we have Against the Grain playing, and James Link is also playing. And Against the Grain played our first year uh, at Smalls, which was a way smaller show, and they were a way smaller band at the time. And they, five years later, they're on major tours, had you know, yeah. playing with huge headlining bands, and they've just put out a record and. It just had a really big year, and we sort of wanted to take it back and, like, kind of define the show with our punk rock roots, because, right. you know, that's still what's, at the end of the day, super important to us. And then uh, James Link is my favorite artist in Detroit and has been for almost, well, the last four years he's been. So most of the time that we've done this website, I'm obsessed with him. And he's actually going to be leaving uh, Detroit. So I said, you know, Christy, can please have James Link play one more time so I can, like, drool and <laughs> die. Uh, he also put out a record this year, which was a pretty big record I'm, for him. He's I'm, gotten a lot of attention, and he's played a lot of really big shows. Um, I'm trying to remember, was that the, is James Link the one that on your podcast you were talking that you were at a show and some girl came up to you and was like, or near you and you overheard her saying, like, I'm the biggest James Link fan? And you're like, bitch, yeah, where are you? I got in a fight with her, and she was like, no, I really am. And I'm like, you have no idea who you're talking to. <laughs> idea the level of stalker like james sends me demos before he even records them like i know the lyrics to songs before they exist i gotta say <laughs> you can't be a bigger fan than me i have a problem isn't that <laughs> isn't that like one of the greatest things about like becoming friends with bands is just get, like when they send you when they send you stuff thing. like when somebody sends me music out of nowhere chris jarvis does this to me too and it or any of the people who just will send you a song and be like, check this out. I'm just like, you just made my day, man. Like, yes. obviously, music is the best. Yeah, there's... Um, and then Go Tiger Go is playing. We met at uh, Detroit by Detroit last year. Yeah. Oh, that's and coming up, too. They're just man. awesome dudes. And they're people that are putting that effort into music that I don't think a lot of bands put into it anymore. Yeah, them and the Messenger Birds yeah. have really, like, grown a lot over the last year and started getting out there more. They're talented musicians, they're passionate, and their shows are fun, and they're different. They're yeah. doing something a little bit different than we've seen anybody else do for a while. So that's sort of why we went with those four. And then we do have a fifth band that we cannot announce until after the year changes. <laughs> well, But I think people will be excited about that. I think people are going to be surprised about that because people keep giving me guesses, and I'm like, you're way off. Like, we didn't land, like, some huge act or something. I mean, we did, but at the same time, like, it's not going to be, like, Kanye West is not playing. Like, I think people are getting all hyped up on stuff. They're like, guys, it's a great band, but, I mean, we're just hip in Detroit. We're just two cool girls hanging out in Detroit. Like, right, yeah. So I'm really excited to announce that. I think it's going to be a great year. I think the gifts are great. I don't know. I'm just really excited. I'm excited because I feel like other people are excited, and that was always what I wanted. 
Yeah, we're excited to do an alcohol this year because, like we were saying earlier, it's, it's the place, place to play. Yeah, I gotta get I'll out to a show there. out there. What um, where where do you see Hip and Detroit going from from the in the next five years? I have no idea because I couldn't have predicted the first five years if I tried. Right. I feel like we get better at some things, we get worse at some things, we cover some things more. I mean. I definitely see art being more and more prevalent in what we're doing. I'm getting a little bored with how many new restaurants there are. I was just going to say, I, I was recalling <laughs> your... Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, no, I think it was our, one of your first episodes of the podcast and you were talking, your podcast, and you were talking about, you went to a fancy restaurant and you were like, I'm not eating that. <laughs> and oh, so, yeah, no, I went to a flower week dinner where they tried to feed me. What they tried to feed me? I thought, I want to say I you said like snail. They tried to me a cricket, cricket. yeah and i was like okay so detroit dining has officially jumped the shark <laughs> but we're trying to take ourselves a little too seriously did you hear the big announcement this week though what's no. going on in detroit and people are excited and i am disgusted by it what an applebee's ihop combination restaurant oh my god across from the renaissance center i'm like well wait a minute new detroit if it's you... an apple applebee's an ihop <laughs> Is I that... didn't even know they were two merged companies. Yeah, I was They're... just going to say, I didn't think they were owned by the same company. Kind of owned by the same company, or I don't know. I don't know. It's the first one ever, though. Uh, well, but I mean, I don't know. I get this, like, daily email called D Daily Business, you know, and I read it every day to see announcements for breaking ground on stuff. It covers some different topics and things I think our readers would be interested in, but maybe not things that me and Christy would necessarily be writing about. Right. And at this point, it is literally almost every day that they announce another restaurant. Right. And I'm just like, okay, so when does this bubble pop? Because there's not a lot of there. Like most of Detroit is either really expensive or cheap restaurants. I'm waiting for it to kind of level out to something. Applebee's I have. Applebee's I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the best thing that's ever going to happen to the city. Mark my words. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Detroit's changed so much over the past five years. I don't. Like it, who knows what we're going to be covering five years from now? Really? I hope we are covering something. I can tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> um. Actually, I was kind of just thinking of something. We just got an Atwater down here. Mm. Yeah. Um, right. Are you? Is the the beer or craft cocktail or distillery like uh, seen getting out there very much? I don't really see or hear much. <laughs> yeah, it was getting big for a while, and now it's just kind of died down. I mean, it's leveled out. Yeah, we've got, you know, Coonan's, Dragon Mean, Sellerman's, uh, Falling Down, Bean Nectar, Bean Nectar, and then Detroit Brewery. And then you have, like, Top Cat that has, what, 200 beers on tap all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then as far as, like, the craft cocktail, there's the Oakland, there's... uh, Yeah, that's the the thing that's taking over right now is the craft cocktails. But even that, it's like, the bars are so small and the drinks are so expensive that... There's, like, a certain people that do it. Also, a lot of the restaurants, like Honest John's and different places that maybe would have been middle ground, are doing some of that stuff. So I guess, yeah, it is popular, but it's being offered so many places that it's not, like, there's the place you have to go. Right. I guess maybe it's a little bit more uh, special here. I mean, this Grand Rapids is one beer city in that national poll like the last four i love founders that's like the one place i have to go when i go to grand rapids because i every once in a while i have to go to a show at the intersection or the stash so i have to make my way out there yeah we've i mean shit there's 
two breweries that just opened up that are like less like just literally down the street from my my house so it's it seems like like uh we got atwater and then we just we're uh, getting seven monks that's out in uh traverse city like we're getting one of them yeah uh, they come and do a lot of like the beer um like show convention type things around detroit so i've tasted their stuff it's funny that you mentioned bean actor a friend of mine that lives out there now that went to Western when I lived in Kalamazoo, hit me up a couple years, like probably two or three years ago. And it made the comment. He goes, so I have some friends. They want to do like a metal festival. And I was like, all right. He's like, do you think you could help with that? I was like, sure, I guess. I mean, I don't know how, like, I mean, I'm not exactly 100% like ingrained in the Detroit scene, but I, I have friends who could probably help. I was like, give me more information. He goes, Oh, it's this new company. They're called a uh, bean actor. And they wanted to call it a metal festival. And I was nice. like, get the fuck out of here. I love Zombie Killer. I was like, I'll do it for free Zombie Killer. <laughs> it, Oddly that you mentioned that, we have a gift bag for the show that's got four different meads in it. Zombie Killer is one of them. And then a gift card to go drink at the meadery is one of the things that got dropped off this week. Oh, that's awesome. Zombie is like super supportive of us. They're awesome people. And their stuff is really awesome because... It's always got like a dark metal twist to it. Yeah. They have a shit right now that has like uh, a unicorn bleeding with like a pentagram on its head. Oh. But then it's got a bee in the middle of the pentagram. Oh. I just walked into their brewery and I was like, this is the coolest place ever. <laughs> like, this is this is a company I can get behind. Yeah. So, I mean, it never came to fruition, but I've always wanted to hit them back up and be like, so a friend recommended a couple of years ago that you wanted to do this. Can I help you do it? I can give you that contact because they now have a place to do it because they have this really cool little, you know, bar that it seems like no one knows is there. It's right off the path in Ferndale. Oh. It's legit one of the best places in Ferndale, and I don't hear enough people talking about it just because it's like, you know, two blocks from the main strip. Yeah, it's really weird how that that is. Is actually, I guess uh, we kind of wrap this up. Um, do you tend to find that, like, with uh, the emergence of L Club and some of these other places, um, do you do you feel like maybe that there's too many places to go play and too many bands to see, or do you feel like maybe that the local scene out in your your area is actually gonna kind of get another resurgence because there's many places for everyone to play, um, allowing people to kind of get out there a lot more and, and get their band being to, to be known. I think that there's always been too many places to play and too many shows. Yeah. I think that's legit always been one of my favorite things about Detroit. Um, there's a great show every night. There's 10 great shows every night. If you actually look around and I think it's a great thing. I think we needed more places like L club, Marble bar, the more middle ground. Um, there's been smaller venues and then there's been bigger venues, you know, at the smalls, which is a little bit smaller than those places. Right. And then there's like the magic stick or the majestic, which is a little bit bigger. And then, you know, you're filming right. So I think it's still a nice little area where your more medium level bands can play with, you know, some good locals, pack a place. I think it's awesome. I think the more the merrier in that. Sense. And I think over the last few years, like, the Detroit scene is starting to kind of resurge again because for a while there it was a lot of the same people starting different bands and there definitely is starting to be a lot more younger bands. There's new now. blood and there's new things. I mean, like, you know, Assemble has brought a whole new generation into the city and uh, actually introduced us to some music that maybe we wouldn't have. I, like, really like Gosh Pit. And yes. I would have never liked that band. They, like, that's uh... not a band I would have ever checked out. And to me, like, 
I mean, what they did with Christmas last weekend, as far as Flint Eastwood yeah. and them opening like for that venue, like, yeah, I keep putting to words when I see those pictures how that makes me feel. It's because kinda... I ran into this gentleman one night who's a booking agent, and he said, "Oh, you're the girl who interviewed Dash Pit," and I said, "Yeah." And I mean, it was like probably the first month that they had went on the scene. The other cool thing about doing this for a while is people will turn you on to stuff before other people are. So it's fun when you get to be the kind of person that are. Hello? Oh. oh, there you are. And... and he's like, yeah, by the way, those are my kids. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. Like, I don't know. I just, it's fun. It's fun to see things change and be different. And there is, you know, many different music scenes which are merging into new types of music. It's funny to see some of the, your, some of the bands that I've known of for a while because of being friends with so many people out in your area slowly trickle down here, like against the grain, slowly coming down here quite quite frequently. I actually think they're playing in the next little bit, if they didn't already on a Sunday in the next couple of weeks. Um <laughs> matinee show or something up there right yeah yeah yep and then uh Day, um he played with this band alexis who i'm pretty sure has made it out that way a little bit alexis. yeah yeah uh so alexis played on my birthday two years ago and Day opened uh so that's yeah. how i found out about him and then when he played with uh, a couple of shows here he did the one with gosh pith and a-ok and i was blown away by that whole lineup not really having known gosh pith at all or even a-ok um to, now he's going on tour of sleigh bells i know i know crazy and playing elk club on new year's eve i know i kind of want to go my wife's not the biggest fan of of his yeah, i don't even my mind can't process somebody saying that uh <laughs> i think it's well i think it's kind of like stepdad because like she wasn't really big into stepdad either for a while and i think after seeing them a couple of times she kind of got it a little more i think i think it's kind of like I had made the comments to you about Kanye. It's like I didn't necessarily get some of the stuff on the new record, but when I saw it live, it made a lot more sense. I think sometimes like music like that, like you have to see it to kind of get why certain parts are, are there. It's not necessarily for the recorded part. It's for the live atmosphere. Oh, yeah. I think some bands are definitely like that. And I think some bands are good recorded but better live. Yeah. Like Wilson is definitely one of those bands I can enjoy their album, but when you see them, I think it blows your mind. Yeah, my my wife and I commented after seeing them on the uh, Crowbot Seven Dust tour that they it, it, it's really good. It sounds really good. Like they're always a phenomenal live band, but you're just like, I think they're too good now. <laughs> like they've lost a little bit, like that dangerous edge. That band is not only do they work hard for it, but when they're home, they practice like crazy. Yeah, I know. Actually, when I talked, to, I was listening back to uh, an interview I did with Chad because for that write up I did a couple of months ago, and. Uh, him mentioning like that they still go to shows and they still get inspired by seeing local bands themselves and so on and so forth. And it's like, you don't really hear that typically when a band comes home, they're like, fuck that. I, I go to shows technically, technically every night. And that's the last thing I want to do when I get home. No, I see Chad out a lot. Yeah. Chad's out all the time. Always supporting other stuff. Literally when he's in town, he goes to most of like pro put shows. Yeah. He's, he's always out supporting his shows too, which is, really I like when booking agents actually show up to their own shows. Yeah, Which that's... is really hard to do, and I don't knock anybody for not doing it because I have a hard time doing it, showing up to everything. But I just I have a lot of respect for him because he does make that a point. 
It's really weird. Someone actually mentioned that to me when I was at one of my last shows that I did. They're like, oh, you're here and you stayed for the whole thing. I was like, it's my show. I'm running it. Like, why wouldn't I be here? They're like, oh, a lot of people just, they book the show and and that's it. They show up when it's time to get the money and pay out and they're not here for it. And I was like, that's stupid. Business. I mean, I get that aspect of it, but I am on the level where I I appreciate it. You know, we would never leave. Well, I was going to say it. My only rule at our show is you have to stay to the end to get paid. Well, yeah. band has to stay to the end. Well, I think, like, the thing for me, and I would assume... And when people don't stay to the end, they don't get paid. And unfortunately, it's only happened once. (laughs) They probably thought you were bullshitting. I don't bullshit. It was the Illiches, wasn't it? It was the Illiches. It was the second year Hip and Detroit anniversary show. Nobody from the Illiches stayed till the end, which me and Christy are crazy people. Like, you get so many emails laid out with detailed everything, like, perfect. So I looked at Tunde, who headlined that year, and I said, here, you just made more money for the night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I split it in half, and I handed it to both of them. Because it's not, like I said, me and Christy aren't there trying to get money. Like, you have, I, I think if you book something in advance like that, that's a big deal for us. The least you can do is stay there and, like, chat with your fans. They right. were bummed that they had to play first. And I'm like, well, someone always has to play first. What? Yeah. Get that, man. Why? Somebody has to play first. It's life. No, people, it's, I, I always have a struggle with it where I ask people if they don't mind because it's like I always end up what with this thing. Ask. Fuck you. Somebody's playing first and this is the lineup. <laughs> can you can you start doing that part of the sh- my shows for me? Because I always I tell like every. Anybody. I listen. I don't have time. It is what it is. And the, there's always a theory behind it. There's always a thought behind it. There's always, you know, there's sometimes it's that I think your fans will come out earlier than other people's, and that's it. Sometimes like, it's, oh. hey, I want a good fucking band to play first. Yeah. I should start you know? I should start thinking that way. Typically, I'm always like, oh, every band could be anywhere. Like, because I always put, to, in my opinion, I put bands that I, I love tremendously so i just want to see every band play and i don't really care where but then it comes to the unfortunate thing of like well someone's got to open and someone's got to play last and uh i've I've heard of a i think maybe it was uh nate from fusion shows that had talked about doing this where he had said something to the effect of uh i'm just gonna have bands when they show up for loading i'm gonna have numbers and they you draw numbers (laughs) and then whoever huh i'd love to see nate pull that off it's it's a really great person i'd love to see him do that i would love to have seen it as well but like i've always threatened that i was gonna do that um but i just never have and i think maybe that's the most fair way you get there early anymore you just whenever you got there you draw numbers yeah Uh, so many times on tickets oh wow yeah i don't know there's pros and cons to putting on the internet (laughs) um so i we're at our hour, and uh, I think I've kind of hit everything I wanted to. Is there anything else you two want to plug or bring up or anything in closing? No, just like to say thank you for you even talking to us, and thank you to anybody who's ever clicked on the website. Yeah, what is come party with us January sixth? Yeah, January sixth. Um, and this whole next week, we're also doing. Uh, we're giving away tickets every day leading up to Black Christmas, which is a pretty big event here in Detroit, yes. um, especially for people in our scene. So if you don't know about Black Christmas, check out com and learn about it. And if you do know about it already, you need to get some submissions in because we have been drawn winners every day. I think it's cool that we get to sponsor that. I'm excited about that. 
I'm really excited about seeing the idiot kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what's the socials? Just hip in Detroit on on everything. Hip in Detroit, everything. Yep, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook. or just have your single stuff for that. Yep. Well, all right. Well, Christy, Sadie, thank you for your time, and uh, enjoy the rest of your holiday <laughs> weekend and shopping, perhaps if you venture out. <laughs> I think we're just gonna go get some dinner. All right. <laughs> Well, enjoy your food. Thank you very much for doing this with me. Yeah. We'll